You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. When we look at this thing, and we already know we have a you know a thousand meter intercept of about 0.45 uh, copper equivalent. You know, we know that there's going to be a causative intrusion to that that should have higher grade. And so, you know, the opportunity is very clear to us. Um, I think for me, going back again and spending, you know, a bunch of days there, it's just the scale of the opportunity that's hard to get your head around. I mean, literally when you're at the top of the hill and you, you can see Refugio, you can see Caspice, you can see, you know, another deposit called Luciano to the south, it's, it's absolutely compelling. And to think that you know, these four porphyry centers that we've identified that look similar to Caspice haven't been drilled. I mean, it's uh, as an explorationist, it's what you're looking for in this world. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. In today's show, we're getting an update from our sponsor, Torque Resources. Torque is advancing two copper gold projects in Chile. Joining me is the CEO and chair, Sean Wallace, as well as the chief geologist, Michael Henriksen, Gentlemen, welcome to the show. And Michael, you just arrived back in Vancouver. You were boots on the ground at your uh, Santa Cecilia project there. Could you remind listeners as you engage in the surface exploration to further your drill targets for Q1 of next year, just remind us the context in which this project sits and why did you acquire it originally? Yeah, certainly. I mean, Santa Cecilia represents one of the largest, you know, probably untested systems in Chile at the end of the day. It's been frozen in time since 1990. And within a 10-kilometer radius of the project, I think it's something on the order of 80 million ounces of endowment of gold and probably 20 billion pounds of copper. Uh, we're surrounded by the Norte Abierto joint venture held 50-50 between Barrick and Newmont, uh, where their focus is the Caspice and Cerro Casale deposits. And um, you know, Caspice we view as just a part of the bigger system at Santa Cecilia. So, you know, when we look at this thing, and we already know we have a you know a thousand meter intercept of about 0.45 uh, copper equivalent. You know, we know that there's going to be a causative intrusion to that that should have higher grade. And so, you know, the opportunity is very clear to us. Um, I think for me, going back again and spending you know a bunch of days there, it's just the scale of the opportunity that's hard to get your head around. I mean. Literally, when you're at the top of the hill and you you can see Refugio, you can see Caspice, you can see you know another deposit called Luciano to the south. It's it's absolutely compelling, and to think that you know these four porphyry centers that we've identified that look similar to Caspice haven't been drilled. I mean, it's uh, as an explorationist, it's what you're looking for in this world. And when you acquired this project, uh, your Chilean team brought it to you. You already had, I believe, two drill holes that confirmed their subsurface mineralization, right? Yeah, there was some drilling by um, a major mining company in the late 80s, and they were focusing on oxide gold. And in fact, you know, they found a nice body of oxide gold. Um, and then basically that that ended in 1990. And then that's after that, that's when the porphyry story started to become, you know, early 2000s is when the porphyry story really came into shape at Caspice and Cerro Casale and and then basically the underlying owner decided in 2012, he wanted to see if he had a porphyry on, on Santa Cecilia. And so, you know, put a couple of holes into it and lo and behold, it's there. Now, again, you know, that's sort of the wall rock. It's not the causative intrusion that should have the grade. So in terms of us and uh, our exploration plants, we have the benefit of knowing about Caspice and Cerro Casale and what that took to find. But we also have the benefits of proof of concept already on our ground. So we're way ahead of the game. 
so just a very rare opportunity in my mind. So as a chief geologist, obviously, you're going to be doing surface exploration and other things to define the targets. But are you also studying the exploration process and history of discovery of the surrounding deposits to inform your approach? 100%. I mean, you always want to know uh, what people did to get themselves to a great outcome. And certainly, we've we're, we've done that. And we're applying it to what we're doing at Santa Cecilia. And we see a lot of parallels, quite truthfully. Um, you know, obviously, one of the things that we don't have and what we're executing on right now is just basic surface data, like a good geological map, uh, you know, modern day geochemistry, and then, you know, modern day alteration mapping. And once we get all that together, you know, that's when we're going to be in a position to really say, okay, you know, here's where we want the first half a dozen to a dozen drill holes to be located. Uh, so very exciting process at the moment. And Sean, is there any problem uh, getting uh, a drilling contractor out there for Q1? Are you pretty well established with your connections? Yeah, well, I think that, uh, and Michael can actually speak to us more specifically because he was down into it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's very important, the, uh, the, the selection of drill contractor, because, you know, we're at altitude and there's the challenges, the logistical challenges. So we want to have a, a drill contractor that will perform that's done this type of drilling previously. But, you know, we've got that well in hand. We've been sort of doing that, uh, planning that for some time now. And, and I think, you know, we'll be in good shape to get drilling here uh, in the new year. Sean, you told me early on that you enjoy the challenge of a porphyry. You've done it before. Maybe talk through your philosophy as the chief executive of how you manage the exploration process and capital markets, because capital markets still are a little challenging. Yeah, I mean, let's say there's a great deal of uncertainty in the world. I mean, you read all these opinions people have, and they seem to, even amongst the opinion sharers, if you will, uh, change them regularly now. And that sort of just indicates to me uh, that that we can't really grab onto any one trend or at this time. So it's incumbent upon us as management uh, of, of this junior mining company not to keep the company as good a shape possible, capital structure, financial shape, you know, retain as much of the key personnel and so forth. Um, and like you said, negotiate good contracts that we can, you know, execute on and so forth. Um, you know, having done this many times working on these big porphyries, that's sort of where I got my start uh, in the in this business. Um, I love it because it, it, once you tag into one of them, it's really easy to measure what you're going to have to do. You just, the step outs and the so forth, the technical risk sort of melts away once you find that great. And uh, and so it's just a matter of keeping the company adequately financed. Right now, the challenge is with the uncertainty is making sure that we can meet our obligations, um, keep the company in, in good shape. Fortunately, we have good financial partners between our existing shareholders uh, we've got a major mining company in the mix now that's very supportive of what we're doing. We have a good iterative relationship with them. We talk to them frequently. Uh, they like what we're doing. Um, and, you know, um, we're going to continue to make sure that that's the case. Do they provide any, we're talking about gold fields for those that don't know, they invested 15 million at a dollar, which is a significant premium to, I believe, like about the 68 cent share price today. But Sean, do they advise at all on the drill targeting or are they more just wanting to keep abreast of what's going on? Yeah, no, at this point, there's no uh, advice being given, I don't think. And so it's more just we're keeping them abreast of what's going on. And, uh, you know, we're early in the relationship, but I mean, they bought in based on our technical plan uh, and, you know, and the confidence that, our, that we would spend the money judiciously. And that's certainly what we intend to do. Michael, what is the cost of drilling in uh, Chile? Can you break that down for us in Canadian dollars, please? 
Uh, it's hard to say exactly at the moment because we're just getting all the bids in right now uh, at the end of the day. So, you know, I think I tend to think of cost of drilling as all in costs, which include GNA the whole way through. Um, you know, and I would estimate you're probably looking by the time you do everything uh, that the company needs to do to support this, you're probably looking at about 600 bucks a meter in that in that kind of location. And we're looking at deep holes, too, if we're talking about a porphyry system, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to drill any ultra deep holes. I don't think we need to because, it, you know, our impression is that the mineralization is actually pretty close to surface or should be. Some of it's even outcropping, in fact. Um, so, you know, we're not on the hook for, you know, crazy deep holes. I think, you know, it, again, it's too early to say because we're getting the work done right now. But you know, I kind of anticipate 600 meters to 1,000 at the start will be plenty to test uh, what we want to test. And, you know, again, I don't think it's that doesn't mean that the, the target depth is down there. I just think we're going to see systems extend to depth, you know, at the end of the day. That's exactly what will happen. Well, I think that's a very good point, Mike. I think I hear this question a lot about this is a deep drilling project. If this, if these holes go deep, that's actually the most positive thing. It's not that the mineralization starts deep, it has the potential to go deep. So starting deep is negative, going deep is extremely positive. It means that you've just got this mass body. And that's sort of one of the things that has attracted us as both uh, uh, from the financial side and the technical side uh, in this with the beauty of these big big porphyry, these big granddaddy deposits that all the major mining companies covet uh, because it has a big impact on their bottom line, long mine life, um, big metal output. Um, so deep is good as long as it starts not deep. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that, have, that simplifies it, yeah. It does. And you have community access and permitting all in place, right? Yeah, we have seven years uh, duration for our current agreement with the local community obviously that's a relationship that we take uh, is very is very as a cornerstone relationship to our success uh so we you know we took a, a great deal of time in crafting the right agreement uh, again you know uh, our team in chile is very experienced at dealing with communities down there and in fact some of our team members had uh, previous uh engagements with this particular community so i anticipate that that's going to go well as long as uh, you know it's incumbent upon us to, uh, to do what we say we're going to do and uh, again that's what we intend on doing here as we go forward and michael we also have uh, your margarita iron oxide copper gold project uh, you made advancements since we last spoke. Could you bring us up to speed? You've defined 800 meters at service there. Yeah, certainly. I mean, excellent result. You know, Greenfield's discovery. Uh, you know, when we first put that single drill hole into that anomaly, of course, we were wondering, you know, what's the dimensions here? You know, what what does this become? And what we found here is so far we've got 800 meters that's open. Uh, so wonderful start. Um, you know, we've seen mineralization in a bunch of different settings too. You know, we've got two orientations of faults that are mineralized. I take that as a huge positive. Uh, we've got breccia bodies that sort of represent the highest grades that we've drilled to date in the system. And then we've got different intrusions that are also mineralized, uh, and, and, and they look different. Uh, and I think when you take all of those factors combined, you know, and you ask a technical group, you know, what do they think? I think it's the variability of what we're seeing and the positive reinforcement of different structures and different intrusions and, and breccia bodies that makes us believe that this is a real system. And, you know, we've got all these other targets that are untouched, you know, that need that first drill hole that look very similar to the Greenfields discovery we made. So, you know, for me, you know, we got we got a lot of great targets to drill. 
I will say one thing that has consistently surprised us is the gold content in here. It's exceptional for an IOCG. Um, and so we've had to rethink our exploration a little bit. You know, we've had to go back to gold as a primary vector uh, because the copper, quite quite honestly, is being leached from surface. So your copper indications on surface may not be your best ones, but the gold is going to be robust. So expect some new targets to come out from us in the coming months. Um, but yeah, we're excited to get back to Margarita, no doubt. So we could have drills turning at Santa Cecilia and Margarita this year then? You know, I guess uh, if we can look into the crystal ball of financing, I would say absolutely, you know. Um, but uh, from a technical perspective, absolutely one would want to do that, no doubt. Okay, so Sean, back to you on executive philosophy in light of Michael's comments. Uh, your group uh, with Ivan Babic, you like to have 100% of a project. You want that upside, high risk. You want the reward when you're successful with the risk. But would you consider uh, JVing with a BHP or an Anglo-American if you're having geological success on two huge projects, which do require a lot of capital to move forward? We would not. That's a bold, uh, that's JV, a bold statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a, you know, you always plan. Again, you cannot ever say never, but that's certainly something that we we desire. Um, because if you think about it, we want to get as much value. The people that are willing to take this ride with us, take the risk with us, purchase these shares. You know, we don't pay dividends. We don't have earnings. So really what they're betting on is, you know, Mike and his team going out there and executing and, you know, and our, our company keeping the capital structure intact so they get the maximum benefit from it. And frankly, we can't do that if we give off half the company or whatever the percentage is that you would do in a JV. And also kind of impairs our ability for our exit. Our desired exit is to keep as much of this company uh, owned by Torque and its shareholders, ultimately, to, for that takeover at the end, that premium takeover. When someone can't stand the fact that we're piling all these ounces and pounds of copper there, and they just can't stand, they're going to pay a big premium. And we want to maximize that benefit for all shareholders and stakeholders uh, at that moment. So if, if it came down to you're going to lose the project or do a JV, then certainly we would consider it then because we're not we're not going to you know um, shoot ourselves in the head so to speak. But uh, you know that certainly isn't an outcome that I would desire. Uh, also regarding Treasury, you got fifteen million dollars recently from Goldfields, as we've mentioned, but you also have an open three million dollar credit facility with a friendly shareholder. You drew a half a million dollars on that. Maybe talk through why you drew a half a million dollars when you do have cash in the bank. Well, the, you know, the conversion factor on that was more accretive to us than the type of offers of financing we were getting. I can say that we were getting offers of financing, but they were more dilutive and they were less accretive. And so, you know, we've done this for a long time. We're able to look at what sort of financing opportunities we have in front of us. And I think, uh, well, the entire board participated in this decision to draw down on the line as opposed to to take one of these. And, I, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, the, the market is what the market is, but it was sort of, it, we are the prey right now in, in the market, if you will. I mean, it was, but what I can say is that there was a, we were offered a substantial amount of capital, uh, and, and, but at a, at a price that I don't think our shareholders would have found palatable at all. I know I certainly didn't. I know I've been asked, uh, especially early on when we were featuring Torque, why is their market cap so high pre-discovery? And my answer was always because of the people involved. Would that be an accurate uh, statement there, Sean? Well, I like to think so. Yeah, you support like your stock so. very well. Thank Michael, you. 
Michael, final thoughts uh, as you prepare for drilling. Is that the next major press release investors should look for, uh, the drill targets for Santa Cecilia? Yeah, I think there'll be a combination of catalysts coming from both projects, honestly. Um, you'll see a lot of uh, development in Margarita with respect to the work we've been undertaking over the last several months. And then obviously, as the surface results start coming in from Santa Cecilia, I'm sure it's going to start painting a pretty nice picture of where we're going to be starting to plan to drill. Um, so I think look for look for positive news and a lot of good uh, targets that you know will be very clear that they need to be drilled. Okay. To learn more, go to torqueresources.com, ticker symbol in Toronto on the venture, T-O-R-Q, and in the States, T-R-B as in boy, M-F. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on today's show and providing this update. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.